Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off the Huzzle Podcast. And this month, you can get the all-new Nissan during the Nissan Now event. Finance the all-new 2022 Nissan Sentra for 3.9% for 60 months. Or check out and pre-order the redesigned 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. Make sure to head on down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. Or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Your starting lineup, Turner Ripplinger, Troy Koser, Tori Coglin, and your host, Drew Koser. Presented by Nissan Regina, here is the Off the Huzzle Podcast. Hey everybody, we're back to another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 116. My name is Drew Koser. I'm your host. We got Tori Coglin from Birmingham, Alabama on. I'm back. It's been a whole week. We missed you. And all the way down in Guildford, England, we got Stat Guy Rip on. Holy fuck, fellas. <laughs> that just sounds crazy, England. I'm like, holy I miss shit. You. I, dude, it's crazy to talk about. I miss you, boys. Missed boys. I miss all you guys. I miss Turner. Yeah. I haven't seen in like three years, but I miss Turner especially. <laughs> I miss. Yeah. I miss. I miss Turner. I miss Troy. Yeah. You're a prick. Um, <laughs> anyway, so 116, we actually, I don't know how, so now we know now all podcasts have to be done at certain times. So we did turn around cause it's like 1030 his time right now there. So, um, good to see you though. I'm happy you jumped yeah, out today. I'm here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was having drinks with the boys and I got the text. So hmm, shocker. Uh, first we get too far into this podcast. We got to mention this is a Nissan driven podcast. Number one place yet next vehicle, oil changer, any vehicle related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time today. Make the switch to drive Nissan. All right, open pit. Let's get right into it here. Uh, we got Tori or Turner for. Oh, go ahead, Tori. What's up, Tori? Rip, we got we we got to hear what's going on in England here. Let's let's talk. Uh, what's going on in England? We just finished our last regular season game last night, so we got playoffs starting on Saturday. Today's Monday night, so. I don't know. Flames are buzzing. I think we've won five straight now. So, are you guys favored? Yeah. We're fifth seed right now. Okay. But I so like I like our chances a lot. First round. Fifth okay, out so of let's, eight. Let's, fifth out of well, fifth eight teams make the playoffs. Yeah. So fifth out of eight. Okay. So you're basically it's tie match. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> On so, five yeah. game heater. Let's play the Nottingham Panthers first round. Mm. Kind of cool name. Yeah. Florida versus Calgary. Yeah. Kind of nasty. Didn't Cam Jackson play for them? Uh, no, Big Earn. Brian McGrath. Oh, okay. Really? They're like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, the guy Sippy side. The guy Sippy side. He's played. He's from the UK and he's played like for the national team. He's 32 years old. He's played for the national team for like the last 10 years. He was on that Nottingham team when McGrath was there. Jesus. Yeah, no. Wow. Okay, well, let's go to this then. Okay, so Turner's down over in Guildford, England, playing hockey for the Flames. Uh, yeah. I think we looked at your stats at nine points, 12 games, 
seven pims now your first fight so uh you showed up last night for that one that a boy uh walk us through you know your time there so far with the boys obviously like you got furge now uh, levi cable you got ian mcnulty also a stud in the golf course remember the yeah. Regina, not a big deal um yeah. yeah what's up what's happening over there nothing um the team's been awesome like obviously i knew a couple of the guys coming in so that was it made it real comfortable for me um but like i've i've made some i'm gonna say i got lifelong friends i've been here for a month and i got best friends already like it's been such a cool group of guys and it's been such a cool experience right like they have a different way of living over here so um like the crowds are different i mean like just eating's different ordering like so when you go to a restaurant and in canada you sit down at the table and someone comes and takes your order you go find an open table here you go find an open table find out what the number is then you walk to the bar where they make the drinks and shit you tell the bartender okay i want this to eat and i'll have this to drink and then you go sit back down and then they bring the food out to you huh so, like, it's, so when, it's it, whenever you want walking it's a, it's at a walkthrough business Oh, dude, I, yeah, that's another thing. Everyone drive, everything's left-sided here. Um, you drive, Have you drove you drive, down there? Fuck no, I'd be dead. <laughs> you wouldn't be talking to me right now. <laughs> dude, even when I'm, so good. Dude, even when I'm crossing the street, I, I like, I look the wrong way and fucking car goes right by me, but holy shit. Yeah. Dude, wear a helmet out in public there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts, dude. <laughs> Especially when we're walking home from the bars and shit like that, dude, you gotta be dialed in. I feel, like, I feel like everything you're saying right now, you have to like, like, I feel like the rules are just different. Like you have to walk backwards right Dude, now. Every, every, like it's, it's weird how like it's English here, but they do everything almost the opposite. Jeez. Okay. By the way, the alcohol, alcohol prices here, criminal. Worse in Canada? You know, no, like, like cheap. Oh, okay. Whew. Like there, there's a, there's a chain here. It's called Weatherspoons. Oh, for you. You go, Dude. <laughs> The, the amount the of pod. the drink, yeah, we should get these guys in the pod. They uh, they sell beers for like a dollar 25. Let, let alone like any kind of beer, it's not like just it's not like their draft beer, like any beer. Like, I can go get Corona or no, I'll go get Cruise Light for a dollar 50, dollar 25. It's nuts. That's crazy, yeah. Okay, so what That's about the US prices? I just kosher a couple of come back or what? Are, are those cheap? I, I'll see what I can do. I'm running along my own twigs, so actually that white helmet um, is nasty. So if you ever want to lose that in Regina before you go back, he's a white. Yeah, we got two, we got two sets of buckets too. Um, I'm actually gonna have to start using Jamal Watson's fucking twigs. He's got the same curve and flex. Really, Jammer. Shout out to Jammer. That guy's a gem. You playing the dub right? Downstate. He's, yeah, dude, he played. Uh, played over 300 games. We talked about this. Jamal Mayer. If you listen to this, Watson. Jamal Watson. Watson. Oh God, yeah. bless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, uh, hot. we talked about this the other day. He played for, th- he played for over 300 junior games, not one playoff game. No. Um, Who'd he play yeah. for? Uh, Seattle. Okay. L- Lethbridge, right. Swift Current. Makes sense. And yeah. they all won, two of the three teams won a championship when he was done. Like literally like a year after. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. Lethbridge went on a run. Seattle won a championship. Swift Current won a championship. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's just tray bait everywhere. Yeah, dude, he's a fucking stud. He he won a one he point per game as a D man in this league, which is pretty hard to do in any pro hockey league. How so do you want to say hi to anyone? Like, do you want to say hi to mom and dad? 
I don't know. I talk to him all the time. <laughs> oh, well, just make sure. How, how tough? Hi, mom and dad. Todd. <laughs> What's the skill yeah. level here? Um, it's high. Like it's professional hockey. Like, uh, I would. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to compare it to anything. But like, what guys said is, it's North. It's European hockey played the North American way. If that makes nice. sense. Like, there's a there's tons of Canadians here. So, um. Yeah, like I played against Griffin Reinhardt a couple of weeks ago. He's oh, on Belfast. Shit. Yeah, first uh, rounder in the show. You guys probably, you, I don't know. So we played, we played Cardiff, my fifth game, and I'm and my fourth game, I got moved up to the top line. So I'm playing against the other team's top players, and there's a centerman on Cardiff, and I'm like, fuck, this guy looks so familiar, and he snap and draws back on Ferg. <laughs> like Ferg's a good centerman. <laughs> This guy was working him. And I'm like, fuck, this guy looks so familiar all game. And then I asked one of the guys, I'm like, hey, who is that centerman? He's like, oh, it's Steven Dixon. Do you, re- do you recognize that name at all? Yeah. He played, played for Team the best, Canada. Played for the best team, world junior team ever. Yeah. And the I'm 04 like, fuck, team. That... Right? The 04 team, correct? Yeah. Like Sid and like all those boys. Oh, the lockout team. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He played on the lockout team. Nasty. Wow. Who else? Oh, I tried the Michigan. That was hilarious too. I saw that. Yeah. I sent it to you, Coach. <laughs> oh God! I tried the Michigan on a uh, Matt Caruth, the goalie. He played for Portland when they were nasty. <laughs> yeah, with all the fail? boys, with all the boys, and I tried the Michigan, and uh, didn't work out obviously. And whistle goes. This guy, like I'm, like in the corner. He kind of like skates towards me. He's like, "Dude, if you scored, we were going." I'm like, "Fair <laughs> enough." <laughs> all good that's unbelievable good thing it happened yeah so it's going to and you went golfing every day. do you golf the other day i've, I've golfed three times since we got here too how's it it's like plus 20 it's like junk it's <laughs> it's different golf here like the grass is different like it's tough yeah oh that's yeah. cool that's everything's sweet. bump and run here it's junk top would love that yeah um, here's a here i got another story here for Shoot. We played against Bell. We played in Belfast. So Saturday night game at home. We played Cardiff, who's a really good team. We ended up beating um that was just I think we beat them five four. Yep. Sat Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we got a game in Belfast, which is an hour flight. Um, so we get on the plane, blah, blah, blah. we land in Belfast. We're sitting there. 10, 10 hockey bags maybe come. Yeah, 10 hockey bags. Only 10. And if, and if you know hockey, there's more than yeah. 10 hockey players. Not for Chirp City. On a, on a fucking team. Dude, we, we're, we're like, we don't have bags. So we, the flight or get the airport, like, where's our bags? Never, they never got on the plane. Um, So we landed at like maybe and uh, probably about 11-ish games at four so we're like ah fuck we'll we'll go to the hotel um we'll wait for our bags hopefully they get here in time right yeah we we go we're at the hotel it's like two o'clock now and they decide to push the game to six just to give us some time for the bags now it's like i don't know it's now it's four four thirty ish six o'clock game and our coach just texts us in the group chat. He's like, hey, odds are the, the game's going to be canceled, like an hour and a half, an hour to warm-ups. 
So, um, so me and my roommate, Chris Jerry, um, he's like, fuck it. Let's like, might as well go throw on some pair of jeans and let's go for a beer. So we're in a restaurant, order food, got a beer. We get a text. Uh, we got four more bags. The game's on. So we got fucking 14 guys. Our goalie doesn't have his equipment. He's using the other team's fucking goalie equipment. We, we play against the best team in the league. And, dude, we found out we were playing an hour before the game. So we're like, fuck, I had a beer in my hand. This is fucking professional hockey, dude. You're and going, I hope my bag I'm in my show up. Clothes. I'm in my street clothes. We walk to the rink. We show up to the rink. Belfast is on the ice for warm-ups already. Oh, like we God. showed up late to warm-ups. And uh, we didn't have any of our sticks. We used the other team's sticks. Like, it was wild, dude. Um, I was the first guy on the ice for warm-ups. And it was like literally seven minutes left in warm-ups. First guy out there. Crowd starts cheering. I'm like saluting the crowd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, dude. But, dude you win? That's gotta be, we got fucking shelled five nothing. That's oh, not bad, man. though. That's not, not terrible. Bad. Dude, for not I having your own in, stuff and only 14 so, players. Yeah, I, I I was using the worst stick ever. So it was a Bauer a coho? stick from like six years ago. Um, <laughs> dude, I was though? going into that, I was going into that game <laughs> thinking I was gonna be minus seven. Wow, there's not nothing bad. wrong with a Canadian tire coho. <laughs> In today's day and age, the, yes, there is. there is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, I'm old. Well, that's good. Yeah, this is my London stories so far. It's been a month. It's been a while. I miss you. Like I said, my London stories today. Uh, let's go to uh, well, Tori. We will get to you in a bit here because we you caddy for a guy that'll be on the podcast today. Uh, what else is up here? We got to talk about some sports. I uh, know that we didn't we didn't do we didn't do the masters talk because we were just we just didn't do it. We didn't go. Dude, that was a good tournament. Oh yeah. It was a little disappointing it wasn't tighter at yeah. the end, but there was a time when there was a lot of guys in contention. Mm-hmm. I was fired up. But no, it was good. I mean, obviously Scotty played nice. Nice golf. He's good right now, man. Fuck, dude, that guy's a good. joke right now. And he's twenty-five I'm... years old, dude. Yeah, he looks, he looks like he's thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, he does look sixty-one. Think in the last ten years, how many guys have just got crushed by hole twelve? Like that. Yeah. That hole is starting to murder people. Three, yeah, three body bags. For sure. Yeah, they just got black garbage bags waiting for dead bodies <laughs> after that hole now. Oh, but. It- you're coming over here. Oh, yeah. another dead guy. Yeah, yeah. Rounds over. So it that, was so good to see crap like full crowds back though. That was awesome. So that event was good. Obviously, it's, it's the Masters and it's Augusta. But I said a guy that I had a, a chance to win. I'm curious. I forgot to check the stats. He didn't win, obviously, but he was in a playoff, I believe, yesterday. Spith. Did Jordan Spieth win yesterday? Spieth won. Yeah. So. Sure. Got the Hazel bump, right? Guy, hey? Played decent at the, the Masters, I think. Hazel bump, he wins. So you're welcome, Jordan. Come on anytime you want. Uh, man rocker with a hat on, hat off, four. But the, the guy can play. So I I love Jordan Speed, and a lot of people don't like him. I do. And he won. So good job. Proud of you, Spith. Jordan. Speed. Uh, hockey talk. We gotta go to some hockey talk here because 
well, we just did Turner's talk and he's buzzing down there going to playoffs. Yeah. Wish the Gilford Flames nothing but the best of luck. Also tell them to follow the Hazel page back because we, we pumped them up. Pumped us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no clue to run it. So. <laughs> Next thing, NHL. Uh, Matthews is, is, is a wagon. Scores. He snaps. The, the, he I'm so sad, dude. The Leafs are playing good. And they're just going to crush my dreams and they're going to lose in the first round again. Unless they get Carolina. Yeah. Not going to happen. They're going to get Tampa. And Freddie's in Carolina. Dude. It's, yeah. But as of right Tampa. now, they're a wagon. So let's go Dude. lose. Here we go, boys. Tam- Tampa might win again. Like the only team that's beaten Tampa is Tampa. <laughs> Actually, they're the Leafs, I, I feel like the Leafs have done pretty well against them. Maybe yeah. I'm way offside on that. Nah, they've played some good games, I think. Maybe, they not? Yeah. Didn't they win like two weeks ago in Tampa? That they won almost yeah, every game. I think trip? so. I think they've done yeah, nice they won, games. They beat Tampa, they beat Florida, they beat Boston, they beat fuck, they won like oh, and they beat LA. They, but they lot they keep losing to fucking Buffalo. They went one and three against Buffalo playoffs, this year. They're not in the playoffs, so that's fine. Well, I know, but it's still they they can't beat the the crud teams. They beat the good teams. That's all but, that matters. The crud teams. Um, what the, else? The Paul crud. <laughs> what else? Uh, Tro- Troy's team, the Oilers. They're 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 playing pretty nice right now. Yeah, second in in the division. Chirp City won again. Yeah, three time yeah. champs. Chirp City, Shocker. men's rec team. Go Shocker! I I still expect that ring from a one GP from the shirt. <laughs> Well, we're actually going for back to back to back this summer. So if you yeah. want to play, we need to know ASAP because we're never a wagon of a team. No, nope. we're stocking up. We're paying guys now. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is there? Would hate my to team. lose my NCAA eligibility. Yeah, it's true. For for free beers at the brew house. Um, yeah. we got to talk about Drew's uh, coaching the, deal. The Cinder- hey, he might cry. The Cinderella. Yeah, the tough one. The tough one. Dude, I was talking to my teammates like every day. I'm like, "Fuck, boys! Like, this is sick." <laughs> yeah, I was because like, uh, I don't know what to say. Good run. Yeah, I don't want to say you guys like it was like a, it was almost like a Cinderella run. Like, like I knew you guys were good enough to get to the final, but like you played a really good Fort Knox team, beat them, yeah. beat them, and you were down two old, beat them in six, so you won four straight. Then he went to a Caps team that. How many times you beat them in the regular season? Twice. Twice out of yeah. Yeah, they're a really good team too, and you guys fucking just chipped away, ended up winning in Game Seven. Yeah. By the way, the rip by the rippling the ripplingers in junior hockey are five and all in Game Sevens. <laughs> Not a bad stat. That is a good stat to have. It's that. Yeah. No, it's it like was. A, I just watched for short short. Of the season. It was uh, super cool to see how like the guys grew. The room was unbelievable. Probably the best team atmosphere I've ever been a part of in my 10 years, nine years, 10 years in the, in the league, playing and coaching. Like, it was, fuck, man. Those guys would do anything for each other, and I love it. And, like, they saw it from the coaches, too. Like, we go to bat for them, and, you know, um, yeah, like you said, down two, we, and then game three, we're down 5-3 with, four, with 20 minutes left. Yeah. We scored six goals to win 9-6, and then it was like, <laughs> oh, we're a wagon. Yeah, there's a storm coming, but yeah, it's crazy how like winning does that to a group of guys, though. Hey, oh, like 
It's crazy. My I, I had the same experience when I was in Penticton. Like the boys, we just got rolling and we just kept on rolling and we just like we fell in love with each other. We just did it for each other and ended up yeah. winning. But like yeah. And just confidence. It's crazy. Too. Like, when we yeah. beat the caps, like they're a good team and we beat them and then we go into Saskatoon on the road game one and like we win. You know, and I you know, yeah. we stole one game one and game five. You know, I think we 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 deserve a better outcome and result than we did. Yeah. Like we come back and tie it three three late in the third, and there's a penalty shot that decides our season. It's unfortunate, but um, fuck man, I was proud of the boys, man. That's a hell of a year. Next year we're gonna be older yeah. and more mature. So dude, yeah, dude, I was so proud of the boys. Like I was pumped right. for them. I appreciate every that. every morning. I'd wait. Well, like the time change, right? So I when I was up for the last game, so I watched that game on Facebook. Drew, you can't stop me here. What a fucking dog shit call. Oh my God. I was rattled. I was so fucking mad, dude. It's, it was 3 a.m. here. My, my roommates are sleeping. I'm fucking screaming at my phone. And then I was, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, all right, hockey gods don't lie. They never fucking lie. Bad call. The guy scores. I'm like, I, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was rattled. That ripped the hearts out of our guys. Yeah. Oh man, and I can't comment on it because I have lead meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in the lead. I have lead meetings. You're in the lead. I can say whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Fuck, that was dog shit. Dog the only, shit. The Damn only it. thing I'll say is dog that shit. I felt so bad because we worked hard to get back in that game, yeah. and tie it up, and to go out like that was a kick in the dick. Yeah. Um, it's tough. so it's tough to watch, dude. I couldn't imagine being a part of it. Oh, it was the worst. So. Anyhow, we had uh, we have spring camp this coming weekend here, Saturday, Pilot Beach Storm. You want to join the wagon? You know, I had hold of me. Uh, we're going to be bigger, better, and stronger next year, I hope. So, um, yeah. And like I said to the boys, we'll be back. Right? So, we, we, you know, we, we know what it takes to get there now. And now we're hey, you got a taste of it. They got a taste of it. Fuck. Fucking right there. They're fucking right there, Fuzz. Right there, Right fella. there. So that was my, uh, fuck it. Yeah. It was fun though, man. It was a long run though. I enjoyed it. You know, as a coach, the first doing as head coach, it was fun. And I learned a lot, learned a lot about just everything, coaching, managers, how to things with Dale and yeah. Yeah. yeah it was cool. It was a good run. What, um, what else we got here? There's a hand Jay Han. He was pissed last night or last week we were on the podcast. So what's up, Jay Han? It's rattled. <laughs> Jay Han. What's up? And Tori, what else you got here, big man? I don't have anything new. My fishing game is struggling, man. What grinds your gears? I've got to fish the last three times I've gone. <laughs> what grinds your gears? Oh, you guys keep talking. Let me think. I, I've, I've, I've had a few in the back of my mind. Okay, well, let's do. Oh, um, I got one right now. I got one right now. Boom. Jim, Jimmy Lambert signed a contract with yeah. uh, the Islanders AHL team. Yeah, it's sick over him. Good job, Jimbo. Jimmy. Yeah. We lost, I was watching though. those games too. Maybe we'll probably get him on the pod. We got some good guys on this team that we could have on the pod. Have I ever brought up turning signals? Nope. Use your damn turn signal. When you're it driving? Indicates it's it's in every car on the left side of the steering wheel. You press it down. Right hold on, hold on, hold on. You no, mean it's like on you're driving? right side yeah. here bud okay i'm so not here, talking about no one cares about anything <laughs> here's my argument to that 
So if I'm turning right at, so if I'm driving and I'm in the far right lane, turning right at a light, I'm not turning my signal light on. Rarely will I do that. Well, you're a piece of shit. No, if I'm turning left. That's just, just bad habit. No, listen, listen. If it's a turn only lane, that's one thing. But there why are did, times you're in the right lane and it's not a turn only. Why does it matter though? If, I'm tur- if it's a red light, no one's going straight any- anyways. As long as that car's not to hit me when he's turning left, I'm good to turn my lane. I don't need a light. Okay. Why, not, why not just turn the fucking thing on? I hate the sound of it. Hate it. They should be muted. That is the dumbest well, excuse you, You'll have heard. to talk to Nissan or Jana about that. Yeah. I, I just don't like any hey, signal Can we light. get rid of this ticking sound? I don't think I have to signal light. I probably should. It's probably just lazy too. I just don't want to do it. I never did it. it. That's exactly what it is. And it drives me fucking crazy. Actually, you know what? You should do it. Do you do it at stop signs? Yes, I do. I do it at stop signs. I feel like the only place I don't do it is, a, is at like a red light turning right. And, and usually I do do it, but sometimes I just forget to do it. Why not just do it? Because sometimes I forget to do it. What if there's a cop? Then he'd say, hey, did you know that you just blew a stop or you would turn without having a signal light on? I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Him? Okay. Peace. Yeah. Here's 75, 75 bucks. There's murderers out there. That's what I'd say. There's murderers out there. <laughs> no, I, I, I could make that argument too. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. It's like, leave yeah, me alone on McCurcher Drive oh, in you're Saskatoon. Going, you're going 112 and 110. Okay. And? <laughs> yeah. Next. So, yes. All right. Next. Uh, what brand of my gears? Oh, I haven't, I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time, but this is one thing that's always bothered me. You know when you get popcorn, like most people do at a movie theater, and they say, they say do you want butter? I said, well, shouldn't the butter just... Like, I, feel like pop, like, I feel like you should just get it. Like, why don't have to pay extra for butter? Just give me the butter. You got to pay extra now? Well, the last time I went to a movie, they're like, do you want butter or, extra, or pay extra for butter? I'm like, well, fuck, just make the butter and the popcorn. Yeah, but some people don't like that, dude. That's that's crazy. It's crazy to say. What was it like a buck fifty or something? No, it was like sixty-five cents or whatever it was. But still, why why you charge me for butter? Still, uh, I thought that was an automatic. It's basically, do you want it? Yes or no, and and it's included. It's like yeah, and they're like okay, ching ching. So that that didn't like that. Fourteen bucks later. Movie theaters are expensive now. It's almost the same amount of money to go to hockey game nowadays. Oh, it's ridiculous. Out of control. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Should we go to our guest today? Let's go to our guest. All right. Buddy of mine. Buddy of Tories. Oh, humble bread there. Buddy of Tories. Caddy for him last week. Uh, and, and a few other times, I'm sure. Uh, Twice. From Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, now, I believe he resides in Birmingham. Is that correct? That's correct. Just down the street from uh, Shoal Creek. Yes, yeah, so not Birmingham's in Regina, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Zach a free ad. Suker. Did I say it right? Yeah. Zach Suker. There it is. Plays in the Corn Ferry. He's played in the PGA. Soup. There it is. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so lame. <laughs> he, he won the Travelers. No, second. Second in the Travelers. Has he won the PGA? Negative. He won on the Corn Ferry. In Kansas City, at one, at one point was between a plus eight and a plus eleven. Gross. Um, good dude can tell a story too. No question about that. 
Um, Tori Turner thoughts before we send it to our guest today. Good guy. That's all I got to say about that. He's just, he's awesome. He's so, uh, he's just so unassuming. If you ever met this guy on the street, like if you ran into him at say the grocery store or the gas station, you would never have a clue that he was a PGA tour player. He's just, just a fantastic, fantastic guy. Very humble. He's just a, a, a very good dude and a very good golfer. I can attest to that. Um, rip. Boom. Uh, yeah, good dude. I enjoyed watching him swing on his swing. Well, it's kind of funny. You guys noticed that? Yeah, it was tripped me out. I was, I was almost getting sick. I was like, what's he doing? Yeah, I was, well, like, I was, I was sitting there watching. All of a sudden, just, oh, yeah. Was, yeah, that fucked me up like, pretty good. <laughs> He's on his swing. <laughs> yeah, so good dude today. Zach Suker. Uh, he'll be back on the PGA Tour in no time, and it'll probably be a hosel bump. So you're welcome, Zach. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone, enjoy the interview. Um, yeah, Zach Suker. Hope you enjoy it. Good. Off the Hosel is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All righty, pleased to have on today from Atlanta, Georgia. Went to university and played golf down in Alabama. Currently on the Corn Ferry Tour and is a professional golfer. I'm excited for this interview today. We're happy to have join us today, Zach Suker. Uh, the one thing I'm sure he didn't learn is, uh, you know, you learn how to use a, a time clock down at uh, Alabama, but Hey, we're happy <laughs> to have him on today. Uh, Zach, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me guys. Okay. First off, what's new with you? What's happening? What's going on? And you know, what's happening in your world? Oh man, not a whole lot. It's been a, uh, very slow year. I had PGA tour for the last few years, but, uh, didn't, didn't play very well, especially at the end of last year. And, um, dropped uh dropped down to to the corn ferry tour and hasn't been a great year out there either but but my game's trending in the right direction it's uh last few months have been pretty pretty solid so um excited for the what the summer has coming up well, i can confirm that i saw zach play twice in the last week basically it's, it's getting there it's it's uh game's finally in the right uh in the right spot now i think if you go back to the yellow ball you're fine yeah, I did. You know, I, 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 I had played better with the yellow ball. I think I made bir more birdies for sure with the yellow ball. So Zach, when Tori's looping for you, like, are you, I mean, obviously you're playing cash games, I'd assume, but are you working on things when you're out there? Or is it like, like, how does that all work? Or is it just trying to like you're hanging out and just getting some reps in? Yeah. So, uh, Birmingham is pretty cool for golf right now. Um, Shoal Creek has been way more laid back as far as like cash games are concerned than Greystone. Greystone's where the, um the bigger gambling matches are and so uh shoals more of a go out there relax work on your game um and, and enjoy the round of golf for the most part whereas as uh graystone is definitely is more money money changing hands the rollers 
I like it. It's, yeah, it's the, the gamblers are all at or the big gamblers are all at Greystone, but the you know, Shoals just a more uh nice walk and fun round of golf. I love it. Okay, I want to backtrack here as you always do. Uh, growing up, I believe it was Atlanta, Georgia. What was a young a young Zach doing golf wise? Were you were you playing hockey? Was there football? Was there was it always golf? I mean, just walk us through like just a young, young Zach. Yeah. So, so I was born in Atlanta, but I, I moved to Mobile when I was two. So I, I didn't really have any real time in Atlanta. Um, so I grew up in Mobile till Mobile, Alabama until, uh, until I went to college up here and stayed. And so um, in Mobile, I played pretty much everything growing up. Uh, I played a lot of football, but never actually like any organized football. That was the only sport I didn't play that what that was like, uh, man, baseball, basketball, soccer, um, everything else I played other than football really. But yeah. again, I've played football pretty much everything else. I can't believe you didn't play football. Cause you are a truck. Yeah. So I mean, I haven't, I haven't grown any since I, when I was 13, I was 200 pounds and, and six foot tall, but it wasn't, uh, my brother actually, uh, I had a football injury and my parents didn't really want me to play football and I loved it, but I was always pretty much tied up in baseball, basketball, and golf were my the three ones I did until then. And so um, I actually told my, my parents that if I didn't make, if I wasn't like full on the varsity team, my seventh grade year as like a starter that I'd probably play football as well. And I made it through and I was like, all right, I'll focus on this. And, and, but everyone wanted me to play cause I was, I was huge when I was young. That's awesome. That's that's a good segue. You, you mentioned basketball. Um, I just found out last week that you were an all-state high school basketball player. That's that's right. Was, no way. I was, uh, I was yeah. If I was only a foot taller, I might be doing that. <laughs> How tall are you? I, I'm six foot, but I, you know, oh. I'm, I need to be. I need to be seven if I'm going to do anything with that. <laughs> Well, Tori made it sound like you were Bo, ja- Bo Jackson of American High School. No, no, well, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was, I was good at most sports growing up in, in high school, and then early on, I was really good because I, I, grew, I was big early, and slowly everybody just kept catching up to me and everything. I, me- I remember playing uh, basketball at age like ten through thirteen. It was pretty much like turn around and make a layup was like my whole game plan the whole entire time like I didn't have to do anything and then uh slowly everybody caught up to me and I, I learned how to shoot eventually which was nice but um yeah I want to I want to go back to the days when it was like 30 points a game just making layups from right-handed layups <laughs> that was the only thing I did <laughs> I love it that's awesome Tori rip oh I I got a million questions so what's <laughs> so you you won on the corn ferry tour. Let's let's start go way back. You started you turned pro in two thousand nine. You played a couple of years on the Hooters tour, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And then, um, how did you qualify for corn ferry tour? Was that just through PGA Tour school? Yeah. So uh, I had a, a kind of a slow start, which was I think kind of good in a way. Um, as I came out of college, I went to Q school my very first year out of college, and I made it through to third stage. That is back when you could get on the PGA Tour from it. And uh, I think I finished like 90-something, and 26 through 75 had full status. And then 
after that, it went partial status. So I think that year I played like seven corn fairy events. Or it was back then, this is back with the days when it was the nationwide. Um, played like seven events, which was kind of nice because it got me a show of like what it's like, um, how good some of the guys were. And like, it wasn't just fully thrown out there to where, you know, status mattered and everything. Like it was, it was a very nice, slow start. And I played on the uh, Hooters tour the rest of the time, which those guys were ridiculously good as well. And kind of learned a few of the things I needed to work on. And, and for the first two years, that's what I did. Next year, I did the exact same thing. I made it through to uh, finals, had partial status, played like five events. And then I think it was in 2013 or something was my first full year of having corn fairy status um and that way i uh that was the year that i actually played pretty good kept status and then the next year with full status i made it through to my first year on the pga tour so how like we, we haven't had a whole ton of uh pga guys we've had a handful but what what was that first win on the corn fairy tour like like how was that feeling i'm sure there was just relief yeah, I, I had a very wild um, stretch of golf my, that year. I had uh, – I played um, – hold, hold on one second. <laughs> uh, I had a very wild uh, stretch. So I played – I ended up playing 14 straight weeks of golf that year. Oh. And I was – for the first seven of those 14 weeks, I was between – 20th and 30th on the points list it was back bouncing back and forth and i was like man i, I want to take a week off but you can't take a week off when you're when you're borderline on on pga status and so i had a uh, i went out to boise and this the schedule was just a disaster that year i think we were flying all over the country for like 10 of those sports it was awful and i went to i'll go ahead and tell you how bad it was i went to nova scotia and had a good week flew from there to salt lake city and missed the cut from there flew to boise and played um in which i finished fourth and jumped up to pretty high flew from there to kansas city and won in kansas city and it was like all right i'm on the pga tour this is awesome like i remember me and my caddy at the time celebrated on the I birdied the 16th hole and it was a crazy windy day and it was pretty much had narrowed it down to me and one other guy. And we celebrated on the PGA tour before we got to 17 T cause I could finish like triples triple and I'd still be full on the PGA tour. And we were like, all right, we're going, we're going to the PGA tour the next year. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. Now, you know, now let's win this and lock, forget about this. But like the main goal of the year is already done. It was crazy exciting that we had, a you know, Definitely took a sigh of relief as we're making it to the VGA Tour. And then I ended up winning there. Go to the next week was in San Francisco and finished. Oh, well, all of a sudden when I won, I was like, man, one more win. I'm playing great. I don't want to take time off. I can get, I can lock up number one overall. Finished second the next week in San Francisco, which moved, I think, second on the money list at the time. And so I'm like, oh, now I'm going for the full status guy that gets to play in you know, everything, the players gets, you know, 10 more events than anybody else on, uh, as a rookie. And, um, 
So then I kept going and played the 14 straight weeks, ended up finishing third on the money list and was absolutely exhausted heading into the PGA Tour. It was a horrible decision. We had a week <laughs> off and straight into the fall. And I mean, I was just like, it was awesome and exciting and incredible. And also like just, I was so ready for a break by the time the PGA Tour came around. It was, it's crazy the way it works. So I, I learned a whole lot from it. Um, hindsight, I would have taken off three of the three of the four finals events and it wouldn't have made any many difference at all on starts that's wild I, I get tired after playing two days in a row it was it was way too much i mean it was like yeah i have i have not done that again since then and i, and I won't i won't ever do it again it was it set up for a very bad run of golf when i was playing great just because mentally i was just checked out for a month straight afterwards 100 percent rip um yeah all right zach i want to backtrack a little bit here um talk about some junior golf um did you dominate right away or were you a guy that had to work hard yet you, you took your lumps and you had to figure it out i i feel like every step of the way i took a lump i took my lumps i took my losses like learned figured out i need to be better at golf in the start of like each section so like in junior golf we had a we had an awesome awesome high school program which was incredible i think my eighth grade year all five all five of those players went division one on scholarship which is pretty nuts from a smaller school in mobile yeah um, wow. and so like that was pretty pretty wild and so i got my seventh eighth and ninth grade years of junior golf were like a struggle to make the high school team. Like it was, I was always bouncing back and forth between like the fourth, fifth and sixth guy on the team. And then even really my 10th grade year was kind of that way. We had, we had a really awesome group of guys. And then my junior and senior year, I was really good in junior golf. I won a whole lot of events. Um, was really good in high school golf. Had a lot of choice on where I wanted to go on college and, um hindsight I look back and I'm like I don't know why I passed on some of the schools I passed on I'm very happy I went to UAB because the golf is better than anywhere else as far as like where we practice every day and play and 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 that kind of thing and and I was kind of looking at that but I, I was in high school I don't know why I didn't pick Alabama ahead of UAB as far as you, like, tur you turned down Bama I turned down Bama <laughs> and I went on my visit and we went to they weren't that good at golf was the problem. They had Sewell had just started there. Saban had just come there. They weren't that good at golf. They weren't very good at football. UAB was like two years was, in a row making it to the 32 in basketball. And I love basketball. And Graham had just Gator, left. Was Gator the, there at the time? Gator Todd. Punching the air right now. Yeah. Gator Todd so was at Alabama. He was a year older than me. Um they weren't very good. And then like two years later, they're like unbelievable at, at golf and football and like, I mean, everything like it was wild. Like UAB, you know, I don't know. You hindsight, like saving, it just got there. The saving effect hadn't set in yet. Like they weren't very good in football. And, um, and then I, I pretty much narrowed it down to UAB, UCF and Alabama. And, Alabama's golf course is like, I love playing golf. I'm not a big range guy. And I went on my visits and I'm like, man, y'all play 
Shoal Creek and Greystone and Old Overton and Vestavia. And I'm rattling off like where they play every week. And it's like six of the top 10 courses in the state. And I go to Alabama and it's like old colony. And I'm like, oh, well, man, I can't, how am I going to do that? Uh, and so you know, hindsight, it would have been pretty nuts going to Alabama and watching all of that for, for four years, four or five years. But um, yeah, but and I got to UAB and it was kind of the same effect. Like we had a pretty decent golf team right out of the gates. We were always, almost every year I was there, we were top 50 in the country for the whole year, like never fell out of it. So we were decent, never great, but never, never a bad college team. And it was kind of the same thing. Like my first two years, I struggled a bit and tried to, you know, figure out what I need to work on short game. I needed a lot, my big misses. And so, but then again, by my junior year, I'd kind of figured it out and was like, all right, I think I'm going to try to go pro in this. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was always like a couple a learning curve for at least a few years to answer that question. Love it. Zach, so you just talked about college and I, I know a lot of our listeners, maybe half of them would want to know, you know, how it all works. And like some of them from Saskatchewan, it's a lot tougher to get to those big schools. Um, but maybe walk us through the process of, of, you know, how you went through it and getting with the, you know, college and how was the experience? Uh, what did you take out of it? Just, just your whole time there, like walk through just how it all works and, and what you most enjoyed and maybe disliked. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, you're talking about just how like the, the scholarship process works and almost getting like to figure out where you want to process. Yeah. Cause like, you know, for us, like me and Turner hockey guys, like we, we would scout players and bring to bring them to a program or, you know, Turner would get scouted to go play uh, uh, for a certain team for golf. I think it's similar, but almost harder. Cause you, there's no draft and there's no, this, it's just, Hey, you want to play? I heard you're a plus six. You're a good kid. You, you have your family, have some money, whatever come to our school. Like just make yeah, so, the process. Yeah. So, um, for, for the most part, your junior and senior year of high school, um, especially if you're honestly, for me, I play, I hadn't had, I had, I don't think I had a single letter from any college at all till my, the, my, I think it was my sophomore or junior year, the summer. Wow. One of those summers, I had a really good stretch on the AJGA and right. I had no status on the AJGA still may be like, I don't know what's harder to get full status on like the AJGA or the PGA tour. They run like neck and neck. Like it's like, how do, I mean, you have to win an event to get into one and then you have to play great in that event or you're done and you go back to win another one. Like it's, it's horribly hard to get in that, uh, that like that club. And I won like a Southeastern junior tour event, which got, which was one of the ones you had, there weren't very many you could win to get, that would give you an exemption into a AJGA. And I won one that got me an exemption and I went and I finished like fifth in it, which top five gets you into the next week and gets you like conditional status or something. Okay. And then I finished second and one in Georgia the next week and followed that up with like a third. And all of a sudden I had full status was in their big events. They're like, remember the Rolex and the, HP at Bay Hill and like they had all these big like major events on that tour and Fuck. after that three week stretch I bet I had like 30 or 40 letters from colleges to wow. come take a look and, and um, that were showing interest and so, and so I kind of like 
blocked it off to the Southeast schools. Like I, I wanted ones that I could play golf year round that I, w- I wouldn't be indoors and I wanted school. I didn't want to go across the country either. Um, and not get to come home and, and do all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of blocked it off to, to the Southeast and I went on, I guess like four or five official visits, which was just kind of going in and seeing the practice facilities. And so I, I reached back out and say, Hey, I want to come to one of these schools, you know, let's set up a time. And, um, and I think I did that with five or six schools. And basically I had kind of said, I wanted to, I was looking at like practice facilities, golf courses, they get to play. The rec was a big decision with UAB and that was with everyone. I want to know, like, cause I, lo- I still loved basketball. I was playing, especially right. my first few years I played that. It was, I mean, school was an afterthought, which is sad to say, but like it was sleeping, miss most classes that weren't test days, golf till dark, play basketball until the gym closed and go home and do it over again the next day. And like, that was pretty much the routine for my freshman and sophomore <laughs> year. And, and so like going in, I was looking at like, okay, basketball, you know, how is the, what's the rec like? What is the golf like? Do I like the school? How are they in other sports that I like to follow? And um, I, I've told this story. If this guy ever finds out, it would be funnier. I've told the coach of it, but I was pretty certain I was going to go to UCF uh, until my, the end of my official visit. And he's now the coach, coach Clenard. He's now the coach at Auburn. And I love their golf courses. I thought Orlando was pretty cool. And I was on my visit and he says in the very beginning, like here are the freshman dorms where all student athletes stay for their first two semesters or something. You're basically required to stay there through the sports program or something. And I don't know if this is a good guy or a bad guy. I didn't know him that well, but what little I knew of him, this guy named Cornelius Carroll committed to UCF my my that year I was on the trip down there with him and he looks at me and says oh Cornelius Cornelius Carroll just committed and they had two scholarship spots left and I was like well I'm not rooming I don't know much about this guy but I know I'm not rooming with him for two years and that was the end of that (laughs) and like I immediately xed UCF on like my list which is which I think he ended up only actually making it a semester. So it probably would have been just fine. Yeah. And, but it was like, again, I didn't know that much about the guy. The guy could have been a great guy, but, but like he was one of the least light guys in junior golf. And I was like, I'm not, I never play with him, but I was like, I'm not staying with this guy for, for two full years. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was the end of that, um, me going there, which was, which was part of the thing. Like you want to have a great time. Like, yeah. I don't want to be, it's important. you want to, you want to like your roommate. And, and, uh, one of the other things with UAB on my official visit, they checked off all of my list of like what I was looking for. And I knew two of the guys that were already on the team and liked them a lot. And like, we had enjoyed our time playing golf and junior golf. And so like, for me, it was, am I going to have a good time? Am I going to, is the sport is the sport going to be good at the school and how is golf going to look like every day? I don't want to be sitting on a range at old colony 
which was the downside to Alabama. Yeah, no, that's fair. So there it is. Make sure you make the right choice, everyone listening, and do your homework. Tori, what's up? Uh, well, let's jump. Let's jump into PJ Tour. Um, just uh, well, I've got a couple questions, but like, what was your first couple rounds on the tour when you actually? Because I, I, I think you played as an amateur, if if I'm not mistaken. That, that's right. I played the John Deere uh, as an amateur, which was pretty awesome. Um, that was wild and. My biggest takeaway from that week was just like, how in the world did these guys shoot 30 under par on that golf course? Like, it's not like, it's not that easy of a golf course, but I learned very quickly that when it's soft and greens roll nice, that you got to shoot five under to not get lapped. But I mean, I went there thinking like, this place is pretty hard off the tee. Like greens are all built up. This place is not easy. And I think like, Stricker shot like 27 under and lost or something that week. It was nuts. Yeah. It's wild. How, how different was that? Like, I, this is, I don't know how to word this, but did you feel a lot more comfortable once you actually had your card and, and played in a tour event? Like your first couple events? Yeah. I, I think like my first, that event as an amateur was, was, I was very extremely nervous. Like it feel very out of your league, which I was at the time. And I think my very first event as a professional in a PGA event, I was pretty nervous and like very quickly I settled into like, okay, like this isn't that other than like the top 20 guys, like it's not much different than the corn fairy tour. Like these, these guys are like, you play good in a corn fairy event, you play good in a PGA event, you're going to be up at the top. It does, you know, it doesn't make that big of a difference. And yeah, it's 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 the the elite guys are are better and a little bit deeper and like that's it but like all the guys on the corn fairy tour that play good would be up at the top in a pga event and so like very quickly i learned that was like okay this isn't that you know the stage isn't that much different zach question for you uh how well do you know my cousin dale valelli i know them not very well i know the name the dog father i was just curious if you knew him wasn't sure if you knew the PGA. No, not, I, know, I, know, I know the name, but not, uh, I don't know him too well. Okay, next question. Does it lead into it? What's your go-to snack when you're coming around the turn? Is it a hot dog or what? No, I, I eat, for a guy that's heavy, I eat very little on the golf course. Um, and this is like, this is fairly new, but I find myself, you know, those, uh, they're like, uh, then they're called Sahali. They're these little cashews. They're like this, um, okay, they're like, you can't find them very many. Walgreens has them. Most Walgreens have them. Um, I throw those in the bag. That's that's my new, like, go-to if I'm going to have anything in the bag. It's that or beef jerky. Okay. Spe- speaking of, you just brought it up heavy. I was going to save it for questions from the gallery, but since you just said that, um, it looked like you'd lost a good bit of weight. Like, it, did you do that on purpose? And and if so, why? And how did you do it? Yeah. So, um, I have been, I've lost about 40 pounds right now from my, from my peak, uh, fatness earlier. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I took a look on the off season last year when I was playing pretty poorly. And this was kind of even before the year, right before the year ended of like what I thought I needed to improve on the most. And, 
I started looking at like, I thought the number one thing I needed to do was actually pick up some distance. Like I had, I was long when I was in college and I've kind of just slowly, I've gotten shorter and everyone else has gotten longer. And it reached a point last year where I was like, I didn't play the par fives well. And a lot of it was, I was hitting a lot of three woods to reach them. And like the guys I was playing with were hitting two irons and two, three, four irons. And I was hitting three woods and I was always at that like 250 to 270 mark. I felt like as like the average length of the PGA tours par fives. And I was like, man, like these from that distance, when you have a three wood, you're looking at like, you're not looking at Eagles. You're looking at like, where do I want to miss from? And like, where, you know, where can I chip from here? And like, that's like, it's cool to be thinking about that, but like, it's a lot better to be thinking about hitting the green and like, where do I want to putt from? If I have a yeah. three iron in my hand, I'm thinking of where I want to putt from versus a three wood. And so I was like, all right, if I can pick up 25 yards, 30 yards, I'm now hitting irons into every par five instead of hitting three woods when I hit, when I actually hit the fairway. And so uh, I looked at it and was like, all right, if I can lose 25 pounds ish and get a little bit better flexibility doing it, get a little bit stronger and do that. That was kind of the, the plan. And in the start of it, I started hitting it pretty poorly and trying to swing harder. But now I've, in the last few months, I've kind of wrapped it up into where, like, I think I'm doing, I'm turning better. I'm making the right moves with my body to actually, I'm hitting it straighter and further and still working. I want to get about 10 more yards uh, of carry off the tee and then kind of, kind of go through that. But that was kind of the start of working out and then working out. But once you lose like 20 pounds, it's great. And working out becomes fun and, and it's a whole yeah. lot easier. So um, the, it's been kind of that wife way. probably didn't hate it no no she likes it she's she's okay with it yeah i figured yeah i'm not i'm not eating all the leftovers every time <laughs> oh, my. all right zach um you know walk us through the day in the life of a pro golfer like what's travel like are you working out a lot obviously you just talked about it um like what's what's in your practice regimen um just let us know how that goes so most um most weeks I get there on either Sunday night or Monday morning for the most part, uh, depending on what I did the previous week and, and how hard it is to get from one event to another, but it's usually Sunday night or, or early Monday. Um, I actually am one of the golfers. There's not very many, but I actually enjoy playing Monday pro-ams a lot. Uh, not just cause they pay me. That's the nice bonus. Say, like that cheese. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That's always a nice bonus, but, um, like most of the times they're on, if they're not on the host course, which they usually are, if they're not, they're always on a really good golf course in the area. And I like playing new courses and new tracks. But uh, in, in addition, I've met a lot of pretty awesome guys through the, through like pro-ams and yeah. networking. Uh, networking. I mean, I've met the, like so many nice guys um, doing that and, a couple have ended up being sponsors. A couple have been like great guys to know that have got me on other golf courses. Like I'll never forget. I met this guy in California named Bart Goldie that uh, I'm in an offsite pro-am with this guy. And through like 10 holes, I realized he's an Olympic club member. He's like, oh. yeah, yeah. I'll take you out there whenever you want. And I was like, 
you know, I've played that course, but I really want to play their par three course across the road that every time I've been there, they're like, no, you know, we don't really let people play this little par three course on the ocean across the road. That's unbelievable. And, uh, he's like, oh yeah, I'll take care of you on that. Let's go out there. And like the next, the week after that, we went and played Olympic club. And then I realized that he's not a member anymore, but he used to be for like 30 years and grew up out at Cyprus. And the next year he treats me and my dad. We're the first off in a twosome at seven 30. We play all 18 at Cyprus by ourselves. Like that was about no as good. Shit. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. And, and uh, I've played with him now two more times at Olympics since then. And like, I mean, what, a, what an awesome guy he's been like, he keeps in touch and like, we've had dinner every time I've ever been out anywhere near San Francisco and like, guys like that I've meet I meet through these programs and it's been like I I enjoy it like you play with awesome guys members everywhere yeah no kidding. for for everyone listening Cyprus is probably top three most difficult courses to get on in America really wouldn't you say Zach yeah and and to do it unaccompanied and to add another guest to it like that doesn't happen yeah it, it doesn't happen like that was wild like I was I was pretty blown away by that. And, uh, and I told my dad when I was younger, I was like, my dad's a huge golfer. He loves every bit of it. And he's, I mean, he's played probably 50 to 60 of, of America's top hundred. And he hadn't played pebble. And I told him when I was in high school, I'm like, all right, I like you've, you've done so much for me in golf. Like I'm going to take you to play pebble when you're, when I'm, you know, out there one of these times, like before, before you get too old, I'm going to take you to play pebble. And I came in and I think it was like a month after I, fi I figured out we had set this up. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to take you to pebble, but how does Cypress sound? And like my dad went nuts and like, it was an incredibly cool experience. So Zach, speaking of you know your dad there, would you say he's probably the biggest influence on you and your, your golf career and, and your life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he plays, he's retired now, but he played, even when he worked, it was like four days a week, he'd be there at between three and five. And we'd play nine holes growing up. And like, he travels a whole lot playing golf. He, he's still now retired. He plays about as much golf as I do, but, um, <laughs> but growing up, yeah, I, I didn't have, I had like no lessons from, he's a decent golfer too. Nice swing. Isn't the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but he, uh, but like I had no lessons on golf until until I got to college. Didn't have a single lesson, so it was um, wow. it was mostly through stuff he knew, and he was always kind of scrappy. It was good on the short game stuff, so it, was, uh, it worked out. I mean, great. And I got to do my own natural swing without. He never pushed getting lessons and doing all that kind of stuff. But it was it was a good way for us to spend time together and do all that kind of stuff growing up. Quickly, that, where where do you play in Mobile? Mobile Country Club. Okay, love it. Good course. So. Going back to the PGA Tour, we're jumping all over the place here. Yeah, I love it. It's a good conversation. <laughs> Let's talk about how how big of a life changer the 2019 Travelers Championship was. Man, oh, yeah. that was uh, that was pretty unreal for that week. That was kind of um, a big stepping stone, I guess. In like, I'd always thought you know, the two tours go hand in hand. Like you play your good weeks here. They, you know, I would thought that before and I knew that to myself, but like, I had never done it. I hadn't played. I felt like I had had 
decent weeks on the PGA tour, but I'd never put together a good week. Like I had done on the corn Ferry tour. Where I just played well for, for the majority of the week. And, um, you know, I went into that playing really good golf. I'd played well on the corner. I had a second, a few weeks earlier, two weeks earlier in, uh, in North Carolina on the corn Ferry tour. And so like, I was playing great and, got there and I'd always liked that golf course, but I was over two on making the cut there. And I'd always said like, I don't know why I don't play this course better. It sets up so good for like my shot shaping off the tee. Like I was very comfortable with a lot of the shots. I was like, I don't know why I haven't played well here. Cause I like this place. Like I feel like this sets up perfectly for me. And then I went out there and just played pretty much unreal golf other than the nine hole stretch on uh, Saturday afternoon. That was just a, you know, one of the worst, one of the worst four hole stretches I think I've ever played in my life. Other than that, it was, uh, it was, it was an incredible week, but yeah, life changing wise. I mean, we went from struggling coming off of an injury, not, um, you know, not knowing what the next year would set up. Actually that the two weeks earlier might've been as life changing as it was there because like, we had no status or my corn fairy status wasn't great. My PGA tour was running out of starts. And with an injury like that, you get in this category where you don't, it's not like most years where you can just drop back and play all you want. It was like, you know, I've, I've done my five rehab starts on the corn fairy. I, I have about to have to go to the PGA tour. And I really wanted to lock up some sort of status somewhere before I went into my PGA starts. And so I, the second and, um, and Raleigh was, was about as big as the, as the second in the PGA, but you know, money wise, it's, you know, you can't compare the two. It was, it, it makes the whole, the next two years, an absolute relaxed, like focus on golf, which is wonderful. Like what a relief not to get, it's none of my business, but uh, I, I had heard you talk on another podcast about it. Like you guys were getting tight money wise. And all of a sudden you bring home 633k. That's must have been just How are you? you must have slept good that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was that uh, sick swing. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh it was pretty nuts. Yeah, the um money-wise, the PGA tours has a great like disability program for guys, but it I have short-term disability now, which if it ever happens again, I'm gonna be fine. But through it, it takes seven days to make your seven months to, to make your first check on disability. And so that was seven days of doctor's bills, rehab bills, which I was going to four days a week um, without bringing in anything with two kids. And like, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was falling off a cliff. All the reserves we had were just gone by the time that the, uh, that the disability checks started coming in. And so, um, and then we were slowly building back up, but then you start out and like stuff comes at you very quickly on it. And I learned that my, when I, the year I turned pro, like you have to have a decent amount saved up to get a start. Cause like a month of travel, paying your caddy and expenses and doing all that, like you, you run out of it quick out there. And, um, and so, yeah, that was a, an absolutely huge relief. But like I said, the, the two weeks earlier might have been a bigger relief of like, 
oh man, we can breathe now. We're not, you know, yeah, finally got something coming in. I've got status locked up for the next year. I can count on like contracts next year. Like that, that kind of stuff was big. That's huge. Love it. That's awesome, dude. Boys, I think we go into our segment called Questions from the Gallery. What do you think? Good with that? Let's do yeah. it. Brought right. to you by? Brought to you by Rubberco. Rubberco was founded in 2021. It's made out of 100% recycled tires. They have so many things to offer. Rubber parking blocks, rubber ramps, rubber, rubber, rubber flooring. We also have hockey devices for you. Check them out today at www.rubberco.com or call today at 306-541-9840. It's time today to think with your head and choose the right rubber. All Zach, right. how do you like the boys' Canadian accents? Man, that's great. <laughs> the, uh, it's not too. It's not too bad. Like, it's not that. Uh, trying to think of the golfer that had the one, Johan Benson. Did you ever hear that name? I remember it, but I, I don't remember oh, the golfer man. though. He does something. He does something. He was on TV doing like some sort of stuff golf related years ago after, after he was done with his golf career, his accent. I mean, it was strong and it was awesome. He had that French Canadian accent that, that was just wild. <laughs> yeah. We're not French Canadian. No. <laughs> Les incompetents. Okay. Uh, first one low. Uh, actually, I want to know three, three quick ones here. This is the rubber co minute. Holy shit. It's three quick 10, ones. It's at a 10, yeah, here we go. 20 minute side. Hey, good luck. Yeah, so here it, here it is. Got a notepad and a pen. <laughs> what was your <laughs> handicap when you were in junior golf, college? And I, and I know tour pros don't really carry one on the PGA Tour, but what's your pro uh, cap right now? So junior golf, I was probably – I probably reached about a plus two by the time I went to college. And – during college, the last one I remember having was actually a plus six, which is wild to think that turning in all your scores, I'd got up to a plus six. And wow. I'm significantly better now than I was in college. And so um, trying to think of who, who we hung out with here in Birmingham. Somebody did this like two years ago and was like, you know, I'm going to turn in everything for, I just want to see what I'm at. And like, I think almost every pro would be between like, depending on where you play, because like course ratings make such a right. huge difference. And mm -hmm. like some courses we play, if I played there, I'd be a plus 12. Like you'll see like a 77 rating Fuck and you're me. like, this place isn't hard at all. And like those, those things change matter a whole, a whole lot. Like the, some course ratings are just wrong. And, um, I think everybody I've ever seen is between probably a plus eight and a plus 10 or 10 to 12. If you did every, every score, it just because like the rating, just, just plus eight. That's so a joke. Sick I mean, the, Hey, the, the, my last question the, I would ask, yeah. how, how come two pros don't like keep a handicap just for shits and giggles, but I'm sure they do. They roughly like, Oh, I'm a plus eight or plus nine, but like, what yeah. have, like a, a golf Canada or golf America handicap. More folks getting that bag. <laughs> So, surprisingly i don't know why people haven't done it on in tournaments like 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 i don't know why the corn fairy tour for example doesn't post what their guys are at like it would, it would you know yeah. you get a turn you're already plus one take the course rating take everybody's score and do it every week and at the end of the year 
post what everybody everybody would have one by the end of the year you throw you know you throw out you take your averages you do all that like you'd all have one but like for example they played in i don't know what the course drain is in, in texas arlington last week where 14 under finished 50th like whatever it was the scores were absurd on the corn ferry tour like, I don't know what I'd like to go online and look up. I'm sure I can find it online. I'd love to know what the course rating is on that golf course, tipping it out. And you got to add a handicap for, for it being a tournament because tournament pins, that's part of their regulation thing. And um, I guarantee you every single person that makes a cut, if they played 20 rounds would be a, would be a plus 10 at that golf course. Like it's, it's, ridiculous i mean it's probably it's probably would say it's a 76 course rating and you know you add a tournament and you shoot 16 under and you get lapped like it's kind of it's kind of wild for for those weeks all right i got my homework done there this this one's from one of our sponsors dave stewart of molson coors canada um what's the uh most overrated tour course in your opinion i you probably you may not be able to answer this because you don't want to burn any bridges, but something don't, that everyone's like, "Oh my god, like, you'll be all right." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got stuff. You get you get shot. Yeah. <laughs> um. That that's. I don't know if I can answer that exactly. Not because I'm worried about offending people. Uh, but it's so. Everything is so condition related and so like and not just like oh were the greens bad or good but like how the course is meant to be played with the design of it like for yeah. example i would i have no issue saying that piners number two is in my opinion the one that i've played that is hands down it's not in my top 500 like I had no fun playing it and it was, and I was excited and I thought it was awful, but I played it. I'll go ahead and say this, played it after like 10 inches of rain the previous like five days. Greens were slow, fairways were slow, rough wasn't that thick, and greens were soft. And like you missed a green, you got up and down like it was a piece of cake. You, and there was no like sign me turtle up. Back effect because yeah, of no that. kidding. So like, so like I I hated it. Like I just thought it was like this long, boring golf course. Like let's all go see you can make fifteen pars, and like a birdie and a and a, like it was, yeah, it was fair. terrible. And and like but I've I've talked to guys and I haven't played it since. And I'd love to go back. I need to go back and play it again, with um, with it being fast because that would change everything. Like I think it, I think if I played it and it was the greens were a 13 and firm and the fairways were firm. And this was, I also played it before the redo, but I think even with the fast greens, I'll, I'll make this example. I played this course. I actually earned my tour card there later. It was uh, Canterbury golf club in Ohio. And it's where one of the finals events for the corn Ferry tour used to be one of their four, four finals events. And I played it about two months earlier with my dad, three months earlier with my dad, when they played another event up that way. And we were, we actually drove it, we drove through and we stopped in and played it. And the greens were slow and soft. There was no rough and the course was short and I shot six under didn't play very good and was like, 
this is not a very good golf course. Like, we're going to chew this place up. It's going to be terrible. And, and it was like a, it's an old style golf course. And it had hosted, I think, multiple majors, had an incredible inside of the clubhouse was wild and had all the history. And I was like, man, this course just isn't, hadn't aged, had, they couldn't have any room to make it longer, like just not great. And I came out there for my practice round and the greens were like a 13 and wildly undulating compared to what I thought they were. Like, they just don't like, like Augusta, if you played Augusta and they were a nine, you wouldn't think anything of it. Like if you watched it, the greens wouldn't roll out the right way. You wouldn't think like there'd be no, you know, thought process of where to miss and all that. It was kind of the same thing there. And nine under par ended up winning the tournament and in Ohio. So I, and I, and I played well there, but I remember like two under was a great score. And three months earlier, two under would have been 135th after the first round. And instead it was a good score. And like, so that kind of stuff. And I, then I thought the course was incredibly earned a bunch of respect. Like it was awesome. And so I think how courses are rated have to be determined on like how they played and like, you know, can they get the greens like they want? Did the rain cooperate? Is it too windy to have the greens at a 13? Like that kind of stuff I think matters a lot in how courses play. And so like, it, it's tough to answer as far as like, What's yeah. overrated? Because I've I've seen Tory when it was soggy and not any fun, and I've seen it in the open when it was firm and it was awesome. And so, um, that kind of stuff is just ma- matters so much. Hmm. Yeah, Rip Ripper. Um, I think it. What was your welcome to the PGA moment? Oh man. Um, Nice question, Ripper. I like it. Yeah. Walk mine would be snap one into, into the gallery off a guy's leg and find it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <thank> God. <laughs> Playing amateur events, I'm shooting six off the tee. <laughs> it was probably my my first year out, my my third tournament. Because they start out pretty slow. Like Napa doesn't have very big crowds. Um Palm Springs doesn't have a big crowd. And my third event was at Torrey. And I was on the same course as Tiger. And that was during one of his like miniature comebacks. Like he hadn't played in a year or two. And he signs up late and comes in. And I was on whole, uh, I was on the North course, which is even more wild because I'm sure he had more on the South course, but I was on hole 10, 11, 12, 13 T and 16 T are pretty close to each other. And he was kind of making that turn when I was going through the other spot and the roars from the crowd and just, he had more people following him than were at the whole course combined the other two courses. Like it was not counting the grand. I mean, you can count the grandstands on 18 on the other course. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he had so many people following him. It was ridiculous. And that was like, 
oh my gosh, this is, this is what I came to see. And like, I had never been to a PGA event to watch and I've never seen the tiger. That was more of a tiger effect than a welcome to the PGA tour. But like, yeah, that was what, that was like what stands out in my mind is like, Whoa, this is awesome. Like there's yeah. a sea of people out here. Welcome to the show. That's wild. Yeah, Shows, so my brother's not here today. He's one of our co-hosts. Always asks this question. This be kind of curious to know your answer. Uh, he, he always asks a dream foursome to play with. He says dead or alive, preferably alive. But um, yeah, we say golf. <laughs> Tiger for sure. It's got to be golf guys. Yeah, I, I like. No, 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 no. I think everything. It could like, be Elvis. It, MJ be sweet. Yeah, yeah, it would be golf guys anyway. Um, I'd throw Jack in there, not because he's my second favorite golfer. And I wish I could go back and like get prime Jack or like 20 years ago, Jack, he doesn't seem the Jack like now. I don't think he would banter, but I would like to hear and see the competition between those two. If they could be, doesn't matter who you think's better or best of all time or comparative, but like the fact that like those two are like the, rivals of all time as far as like majors wins all this other stuff who's the greatest yeah. i'd love to see the competitiveness between those two i'd love to be a part of that um so it'd be tiger jack and then uh gosh i don't know who my fourth would be off the top of my head um i'm right here zach <laughs> honestly ernie ells he was my favorite golfer Ooh, growing up that's a new I one like that's that. a new one that's first get out of you too on the golf course <laughs> yeah I, I like i'd like to just watch his swing i like i like everything about him like he like when i was growing up age six through 15 like he was a landslide favorite like he was the guy i liked watching play golf like i liked the fact that like he bombed it effortlessly <laughs> Like he didn't look like he was swinging hard when he hit it hard. And like, he was, he was always like my favorite golfer growing up. So that, uh, and by the way, I, one of my favorite moments ever was after my second at, uh, the week after my second at the travelers, we were in Detroit up there and Tuesday on the range, he, Ernie turns around and says, Nice playing last week, Zach. And I was like, yeah, here I am. Like, oh, cool. my goodness. <laughs> Seeing my childhood hero tell me good playing was pretty cool. Hey, yeah. just just don't fly on the same PJ as him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about. I heard he's pretty hey, tough. I already like hey, is fight. it true he can, he can put him back pretty good? Yeah, I, well, I don't know, but that's all I've ever heard as well, is that uh, is that, that he's, a, he's a tough man. I'm sure he can do that as well. That's awesome. all right. That was uh Drew. Up, 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 up. Sorry. Um. Okay. Here's a fun one. What What's the What's the difference in food from Corn Ferry Tour to PGA Tour? Oh, it's um. Granola bars. You know, I'm I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain about the the Corn Ferries Tour because I'm not ever gonna do that. In some weeks, it's great, but it's some weeks it's not, and so and but it's still free food and I'll never forget my, I think it was my first ever start, which was like, I'd already had probably eight corn fairy. I mean, uh, eight Hooters tour events before my very first ever 
corn farrier nationwide tour event at the time. And I cannot remember the player that did it. Cause I wish, I wish I could, cause it'd have been great. But I remember coming in and being like, Oh man, free food this week. This is amazing. Like expenses are down. Like, I love this. And I'll never forget. It was at, it was in Valdosta and this guy comes in complaining about food. And I was like, man, this it's free food. You can't complain. No one complains about free food. And so I'm never going to complain about any free food, but I'll say this, the PGA tour feeds you like a King most weeks. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, in a, in particular, probably the really good high end clubs do it ridiculously well. And then TPC courses do it ridiculously well. And um, like, Wells Fargo being at Quail Hollow, the food is unreal that week. And a lot of the, a lot of those events do it like that. And, but the TPC always has incredible foods. They always have like, you know, of everything. Like you walk through there and you eat, you eat like a king all week. So who's got the best? Between you know, oh, number one. What's that? For as far as food, what's my favorite week of food of the whole year? Best one. You look forward to it all year. Mine's tomorrow. Probably, uh, gosh, it's either Travelers or Quail. It's either Quail Hollow or the, the TPC up there for the Travelers. At, um, they have two separate like function nights where you can come in and eat. And both of them are unreal. One's a lobster night where they just keep bringing out lobster and clams and like just unbelievable food. And that's, it's really close between those two weeks until you add in the fact that like they have probably a better fun, but so does the Quill Hollow does a night function too. So I don't, um, I'm going to go with travelers. Like it's tough. It's tough to pass up all you can eat lobster at least once, if not twice that week. Wild. I love it. Okay. We talked food. We talked golf. We talked college. We talked junior golf. We talked all the golf. What is your thought on music on the golf course? Like during an event or during? I mean, with the boys, maybe, or or the or the gals. Boys with the boys, it's almost always playing. Um, Love it, and I enjoy it a lot. in a tournament, there'd just be too many people playing music. They'd get like a nice surround <laughs> sound for the whole field. It'd be unbelievable. But uh, no, it's um, when I'm playing around in golf, like, which is wild that I don't, I'm usually not the guy with the speaker, but somebody always has one and I, and I enjoy it a lot. So I've always wanted to know this too. Like, I don't know. Have you played the waste management before? I've played it once. So guys that like go there and it's like, it's like a lacrosse game environment. And then the next week, where do they go? They go to shit. It can change. It's like pebble. Okay, yeah. So it goes from like lacrosse environment to like church. And like, does that like, do some guys like the waste management because it's everyone's um, partying, having a time, it's loud, it's a fun time. And then you go to like, now we're back to. Yeah, for the most part, like, I think it would get incredibly old if every week was the waste management because it's, it's nuts. And like, yeah, it is a, 
I mean, there's a lot of like hassle stuff that goes on with that week. Like you can't stay very far from the golf course because of how many people are pouring in each day. Right. Um, and when there's that many people watching, like, again, this is like, this is stuff that like only the people in the top, not if you're not top hundred or top 50 in the world, you have these problems, but like to stay at the place right by the course that week's like 6,000 for the week. And like, most of the players stay there, but like not the, those are the guys that are top 50 in the world that are forking out 6,000 on a hotel room for the week. Yeah. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm renting a house that now takes me like 45 minutes to get to the golf course and have to plan on that both ways and, or, or finding a hotel that's still available. But, but for the most part on the golf course, it's awesome. But like, it would be it would be too much if it was every week like but i would i also would like to say like i would like it if like 10 of the weeks were like the waste management because it is so much fun the whole back nine is probably the most fun i've ever had playing golf that's awesome well it's good to hear because i feel like some people don't like it but i feel i feel it's great for the game so it, it is it's it's um and i'll also say this on 16 is i've, I've been in loud environments 16 green is might be in particular the back pin might be the only time where there's ever been that many people, but I could hear what people were saying. And, and it's like fun and nerve wracking. And like, <laughs> you can't imagine the mean things people are saying when you're out there trying to get you to miss because they're you know, everybody's betting and gambling and like, Oh yeah. You know, the one drunk guy wants you to make it. So he's your best friend. And the other drunk guy, you know, is, is yelling at you. you, know, you. Know, oh, yeah. Things I can't, things I can't say. <laughs> you can say anything on here. Uh, <laughs> Tori, Rip, uh, any more? I, I got one more as I always finish it off with, but Turner's uh, good. Uh, Tori? I, I, I got one more quick one from the gallery. Absolutely. Um, is there PGA Tour groupies, like chicks that follow around the tour and try to pick up the players? <laughs> Um, that's from anonymous. From Tori, from Horny Tori. That's from Horny Tori. It's not. No, no, it ain't from me. <laughs> I am. I am a hundred percent certain that there are individuals that have that that follow around to try to do that. Um, as far as like the PGA Tour as a whole, no. But there are like some of the events put on parties that like you would go and that would happen. Like there were, I mean, for waste management, if you show up as the PGA event, if you show up at that, whatever party, what do they call it? The, uh, Shriner something, whatever party the concerts they do every night. Like if you show up with your players credential, like, I mean, if you like that, that stuff would happen. Like there's not like in a lot of the events to have like a party or a concert at night where, where that would be expected if you went, but they don't have like, but I, you know, as far as like outside of the top, again, top 20, 20 guys in the world, like I know there's no groupies falling around looking. <laughs> hey, hey, so your, your wife's not missing that, that event, huh? That's right. Well, yeah, she, uh, I actually, you know, she came and I was with the kids and I babysit. I babysat twice and she went. <laughs> oh wow! She she went with a couple of other wives and had a good time at the concert. I'm not. 
you know, not too worried about it. I, I, honestly, like, I'm not a huge partier. Like, I don't, in, I'm, I don't enjoy like a party scene. So I, I don't have any interest in, I'd rather go fishing or stuff like that than, than go out at night. Oh, oh. Drew, before the last question, Zach, what's your biggest bass? I can't believe we didn't even talk about fishing yet. I, you know, I have, I have with, with a scale on me, I have no 10 pounders. I have probably 10 that are in the eight to 10 pound, eight to nine and a half with a scale on me. I have one fish that I am certain is a 10 pounder that I caught at Steelwood in Mo down near Mobile. Mm -hmm. uh, which is an awesome fishing spot, but I can't consider myself in the 10 pound club without a, without a scale on it. But it was, that's my, that was my biggest bass ever. And, you know, I'm, I'm old school with the fact that like, unless you get a picture with the scale on it, it didn't happen. Honestly, Do you ever go for like redfish? A lot. Um, the I grew best. up, I grew up doing redfish and trout down in, down in Mobile. Like that was my favorite thing to do. And, uh, yeah, speckled trout, white trout, and redfish are, are by far my favorite. The best. Okay, I'm done, Drew. I'm done. Two more. I forgot. This one's quick, though. Lowest round ever. Uh, 60 at the Corn Ferry event uh, stop in Boise. Fuck. Albertsons? Fuck. <laughs> Albertsons with a three-putt par and a bogey. I should have had my 50 round there. Home oh. of friend of the show, Grand oh. Delight place is awesome that's wild okay here's my last one because it's been great today zach um we always ask uh some advice for a young listener that's listening today whether it's to be a pro golfer or doctor lawyer you name it be successful in life uh some advice for them listening on what it takes to make it um i would say focus 80% of your time on short game and understanding how to play golf, not on having a pretty swing and doing track man numbers. I, everybody I see today loves to have a beautiful swing and they love to get these track man numbers. And I see so many high school and college kids that, that are good that like I'm blown away by their lack of understanding on how to play. Like they, they throw away shots right and left. Like, the people who make it to the next level learn how to score. And it's not about like, yep. it's not about doing drills. It's not about having it look pretty. It's not about anything. It's about getting your ball in the hole. And there's a, there's like an art to scoring. And I would say quit practicing so hard and play golf a lot until you understand how to score. And then when you practice, practice short game, because yeah, you know, the rest of it, everybody hits it good and everybody hits it bad, depending on what day it is. The guys yeah. with short, good short game, they have good short games. They're, they are day in and day out better at short game than the other guys. And, and uh, yeah, that, that would be my advice. I love it. Well, Zach, uh, man, this has been a pleasure today. I, a lot of fun. Tori, Turner, I, I know we all had fun with, fun with this one here. We're wishing you nothing but the best back on the PGA. Um, yeah, man, I had fun today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. I had fun too. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks, Zach. All right. No problem. Thanks, guys.
Last Mountain Distillery is a proud sponsor of the Hosel Podcast. Located and distilled in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, Last Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. The heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment in producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling naturally-infused Dill Pickle Vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Be sure to check them out at any retailer around the province. Nothing better than supporting local and enjoying a taste for all. Alrighty, there it is. Episode 116 with Zach Suker. Soup. There it is. Uh, a <laughs> lot of fun with this one. Like I said in the pre-show, he can talk, but I liked it though. Let it, it you know, it filled it filled our quota of an hour, and good stories though. His low round sixty could have shot fifty-eight. That's that's mental. Yeah. Tough. So, Tori, I mean, I should have asked you in the pre-show, maybe even in the interview, but what's it like chatting for that guy? I mean. You must see some shots and just the way he like views the game and you know visualizes, or he just slams beers. I don't know. It's easy. Fairway green, make putt, repeat. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, no but, wonder you shoot a fucking sixty-eight every day. No, but no but to, from asking, you know what? You learn though. Like, are you learning from him? Or is it more like a fan? You know, I haven't really. Like one thing I've learned from him is he he's very calm or at least he acts calm, but, but like him and hopefully a future guest, uh, Trey, their, their putting speeds are so good. Like yeah. they never leave something four feet short or blast it five feet long. It's like yeah. tapping, tapping, tapping. If they don't make it, it's a gimme. It's unbelievable. But no, he's That's just so consistent, and you know it's it's really nothing. And I'm sure some some people have, like who are listening, have played with professionals. Um, it's really they, you know, aside from the bombers, they don't do anything super special. They just don't screw up. Yeah, like he just hits it well off the tee. You know, obviously longer than the average Joe, but then hits it on the green to 15 feet and either makes it or taps it in. Like, it's just, it's automatic. It's funny that you say that, because I remember talking to Kay Johnson when he played with Jonas and Nippelin. It's exactly what Jonas, that's what he said. That's what Jonas would do the whole round. Hit it down the fairway, hit it to however close he'd hit her. He just hit the green, and then he'd either make the putt or he'd put it a foot away. Like, it was just yeah. easy game. Yeah, no, I think that just comes with reputation. It's funny. Like these yeah. guys are funny. so good. Like people don't realize how yeah. nasty these these pros are. Yeah, but and like Zach's a fantastic guy, though. So the one thing I want to bring up too, though, is I hope everyone that's listening right now, and probably not, but like the guys that want to play college or girls, you know, his his answer was long winded, but listen to what he said because like make sure you're you know you, you, know, you, go, where, you go where you want to go where where you're gonna play, you know, where's the best practice facility. Uh, I think that's so important, and it's the same thing in any sport. If you're going to somewhere to play, like, you know, Turner, what if you didn't know anything about Guilford and just said, you know, you did a one-bedroom with no windows, no walls, no doors, and no fridge. Like, 
you know, do I want to go, you know, like, yeah. so do your homework and, and think about places where you want to play college golf. So, and another thing, another thing he said, and, and everybody is different. Don't get me wrong, but I'm in the same mindset as Zach. Like he said, you know, instead of sitting on the range all day, go play. Like yeah. that's how you learn to score and chip and work on short game. Like that's yeah. Those guys, they're, they're nasty. So like you can hit 7,000 six irons in a row. That's not going to help you shoot 72. It might help you hit a six iron off a dead flat, perfect lie, but you ain't yeah. going to get that on the golf course. No, exactly. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, fuck, first off again, pop to see rip on here again. That was, I was really happy. I messaged you. Oh, yeah, time I did. Okay. Um, Tori, it's always a pleasure seeing you. And I know you can't say the same thing about me, but, um, I missed the, I missed, I missed Detroit, uh, the Troy toy on here once in a while, though. It'd be nice to get back to him on the, on the show with the boys. Um, but good to be back though. 116. Yeah. Rip, Rip, what's your jersey number? 16. 116. Okay. Turner Here Rip. 306. 16. Yep. 116 horse. 116 horse. Okay. So we're back next week. We'll, we'll figure out a guess. We always do. Sorry. We just, uh, last week I was busy with hockey. Turner was busy. Tori was caddying or doing something. Um, working probably works at 300 jobs. So, um, yeah. Tori, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, boys. Turner, we'll uh, try to talk to you next week. If not, you're playing yeah. playoffs, so get it going. Snap it yeah, around, score some goals, and yeah. uh, go Flames. Everyone else? Good. Just got to go be a good pro. Go be a good pro. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya. La, 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 la. La, 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 la.